you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. What a distinct honor tonight to introduce our guest. And as he is preparing to come tonight and as the choir is going forward, I... I do want to once again say how thankful we are for our guests. We have guests from some of our neighboring churches that are around and uh, some ministers from some of the some of our neighboring churches that are here tonight. And thank you so much for being here. God bless you. I know there's a million places you could be. Pastor John Reading snuck in on me and his boys are with us tonight. Thank you, Brother Reading. I know a thousand things you could be doing, my friend indeed. Thank you for being here tonight. Are you ready for the Word of God? It is the most important moment in this service when we open our heart and the Word of God begins to do what God is sending it to do. I so much appreciate our friend, Brother and Sister Maroney, taking their day off from their calling and their mission and to come and help us tonight and speak to us tonight and what an incredible word he spoke this morning and I believe God has sent him tonight with a word for this congregation. I want you to put your hands together and welcome brother and sister Maroney as they come to minister to us tonight. God bless you my friend. We love you. Clap your hands to Jesus. Come on keep doing that. Just keep doing that. That feels good to him. It sounds good to him. Come on, how many know him as your redeemer? Somebody ought to just praise him right now. Come on, somebody lift up your voice and praise him. Jesus, you're worthy. Somebody lift up your voice high to him. Oh, God, we love you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. It's so good to be back tonight. I'm excited about what God is doing came in tonight with a spirit of expectation as we did this morning. Amen. I already, even walking in the door, began to hear testimonials of how people came this morning and they had situations or issues in their lives, even physically, and God touched them before the day was over. I think we need to put our hands together and we need to thank God for what He has done. And I believe that tonight is no different. I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is here. I believe that God is, is here to do something great for this congregation tonight. You have prepared, you have prayed, you have fasted, you have worked, you have labored. And so God wants to give you something great. 
God wants to give you something that will carry you through your darkest hour. And I, I want to speak to I want to speak to everybody here tonight that has ever wrestled with a spirit of fear in their life. Today, everybody in our culture, our culture is inundated with fear and anxiety. Everybody's fearful. Everybody has anxiety over everything these days. And and not mocking it, but we need to understand that the Bible speaks specifically that we are not to have as believers the spirit of fear. Right? We are not. We, a lot of times we get overcome by a spirit of fear. But as you know, you have a, a, a power over the spirit of fear. Come on, somebody. You have the power over the spirit. You can say, I choose not to be afraid. But there is peace in your love. And, and there is peace in your life. And God is ready to touch somebody and strengthen them today. Amen. And so I want us to go to the Word of God, the book of Exodus chapter number 4. Amen. Exodus chapter number 4, beginning with verse number 1. God is doing something fantastic. God is calling Moses. And in his calling, something significant happens. The Bible says in verse number 1, we begin Exodus chapter 4 with an excuse. We begin Exodus chapter number 4 with an excuse of why, why he cannot do it. Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. See, it's amazing. When God begins to just remove the excuses in your life, you just keep coming up with more excuses. Well, they won't believe me. They'll say, the Lord hasn't appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, very simple question, what is that in thine hand? And he said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground. And it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it. And it became a rod in his hand. It became a rod in his hand. I want to talk to you with the help of the Lord tonight. The paradox of the snake and the stick. The paradox of the snake and the stick. It is so good to see everybody here tonight. My friends, the readings, Chandler, so good to see everybody here tonight. I'm so thankful for what God is going to do. But if you'll give me just the next few moments to preach my heart to you tonight, I believe somebody's going to leave this place having accepted the challenge that God has given to overcome their fear and be exactly what God has called them to be. I wonder if you can lift your voice and help me pray right now. Can you, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for the power of your spirit. Thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. 
God, I want you to move in this sanctuary. Your spirit is here. Your anointing is here. I love you, Jesus. I cannot thank you enough. I cannot thank you enough for your spirit that is here. And I pray that you would minister to this body, minister to this assembly, minister to these believers right now, and give us faith and courage and strength. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said in Jesus' name. I wonder if you could clap your hands. And I mean, let's just take a few seconds. Amen. Let's love him, can we? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Man, God bless you. Thank you so much for standing and worshiping the Lord tonight. A paradox is defined very simply as a seemingly absurd or a self-contradictory statement or a proposition that when it is investigated or when it is explained, it may prove to be well-founded or true. It sounds ridiculous. It looks Ridiculous, but upon further investigation, it is true. Often in life, you and I are presented with paradoxical situations, things that are laid out before us that we would never ever imagine in a lifetime to be true, things that we don't understand and we look into it, and when we do, we find that there is truth. Oftentimes, the scariest paradox to investigate is us. Oftentimes, we find such confusion in it. In the book of Exodus chapter 4, we read where God is calling Moses. He is calling, literally, he is in the process of calling Moses. God wants to use Moses, but Moses is doubting. And it's not God that Moses is doubting. That's interesting to me. It's not God that he's doubting, but Moses is doubting himself. Moses excuses his doubt by laying it off on somebody else by saying, Lord, if I tell them, they will not believe me. And they specifically are the ones that are holding everything hostage, enslaving them. God wants to do a great thing for his people. He wants to liberate Israel. He wants to set them free. And to do this, he specifically chooses Moses. He doesn't need to because he's God and he can do absolutely anything without anybody's help. But it's not about that. It's about God using his people for his people. Choosing them, handpicking them. This is a story about Moses trusting God not to deliver Israel out of the hands of Pharaoh, but to use Moses to do it. And again, I say Moses had absolutely no trouble trusting or believing in God, but Moses had difficulty believing in himself. Whatever you might be saying about they, well, they won't believe me or They won't respond well. You know, they just might be you. 
Whatever excuse you offer, it might really be you. Can I tell you that you will never find anyone to embrace you until you learn how to embrace yourself. You'll never find anybody that will listen to you until you can learn how to embrace yourself. Stop making excuses about why you can't do this or you can't do that, blaming them and the world or the pastor or the church or everybody else. Why don't you just be accountable for your situation and say, hey, maybe it's because of me. Maybe I don't have confidence in me, but I've come to tell somebody tonight, if God has confidence in you, my God, if God has chosen you, Hey, if God loved you enough and had enough confidence in you to reach down in your situation and pick you, you ought to start believing in yourself. Somebody put your hands together if you believe that. Come on, somebody. Help me praise him right now. Oh, hallelujah. God's going to talk to somebody today. I love how God answers him. God chooses to answer Moses in such an incredible way. Look how he does it. God does not even respond to what Moses says. Moses says, well, they're not going to believe me. God doesn't argue back with him. God asks him a very simple question. What is in your hands? Let's put it back on that, Moses. What is in your hands? Knowing that Moses is doubting himself, God asked Moses to take inventory of his own life. See, I'm not doubting you, Moses, but you are doubting you. So you need to take inventory of exactly what it is you have in your life because I know what you have, but the issue is you don't know what you have. I'm preaching to a church here tonight. God knows what you have, but you don't know what. Come on, somebody ought to hear this preacher tonight. I'm talking to a body of believers, to apostolic believers tonight, that when we doubt ourselves, you need to know God knows what is in your hand, but sometimes he needs to get you to look at it. Oh, Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. Today, if I don't get anything else accomplished in this message, I just want to ask you, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? Before you sign your destiny off to something that's external, before you hand your future to something else, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight before you sell out to something that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God, before you say no to God and you say yes to that career, before you say no to God but you say yes to that relationship you ought not to be in, before you say no to God, come on somebody, and you say yes to your own selfish desires, you need to understand something tonight, that the world wants you to sell out, the world wants you to give up, but God is simply asking you, do you see what is in your head? Come on, if you got something in your hand, I want you to praise him right now. I want you to praise him.
Hallelujah. Here's what I have found out, Pastor Jordan. If somebody could take what is in your hand, if it were in their hand, they could take it and win, then what should you be doing with what is in your hand? Because I'm telling you, there's some people right now walking around with some things in their hand that God would love to use, but they're too busy laying around saying heaven is going to go bankrupt if I don't do this. Let me tell you something. God will take it out of your hand and put it in somebody else. Hey, don't you think that heaven's going to go bankrupt because you decide not to live for God? You need to understand, there is an alcoholic somewhere that is ready to have what is in your hand. There's a drug addict somewhere that's ready to get their hands on what you possess. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, put your hands together. you got to get this tonight. God has given you something greater. Oh, if God, I believe there's worldly people that look into the church and say, you know what, if I just had a life like that, I could do all kinds of stuff for the kingdom of God. But we're in here belly aching about how things ain't what they ought to be. We're spoiled is what we are. God says, look, I don't need anything else in your hand. To bless you. I can take what's already there. I can take what's already in your hand. I've come to preach to somebody tonight. Stop listening to the voices that are telling you what is not in your hand. And start listening to the voice that's telling you what is in your hand. I'm telling somebody, stop looking for a new job. Stop looking for a new car. Stop looking for a new marriage. Stop looking for new kids. Stop looking for a new church. Oh, hello. Stop looking for a new pastor. You need to understand, God has given you exactly what you need to have a move up. I just wish I had five people that would feel what I feel right now. Stop looking somewhere else. You've got everything in your hand. My God, I feel like worshiping him. I just feel like worshiping him. Somebody shout hallelujah. The problem is not what's in your hand. The problem is the limited perception of what you have about what's in your hand. And you feel like it's just not enough. Not enough. Not good enough. Come on, somebody say not good enough. God says if you will just show me what is in your hand, I will show you its potential. God knew that Moses' doubt was a reflection of what he believed about himself. God is not in the business of handpicking people only that have special gifts or talents because if that was the case, many of us wouldn't be here. He will choose those that can use only what they have in their possession at that moment. Such is the case with Moses. To get him to see what he had. God says, now, this is what's awesome. God says, take 
what is in your hand and cast it down. Now this is a big deal. What was in Moses' hand was a rod. You wouldn't think that would be a big deal to just cast it down. But what God is about to do for Moses in private, it's going to happen in public. Because if you can't achieve it and accomplish it in private. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. You're never going to do it in public. If you can't pray in private. If you can't, my God, I wish I had some church that believed what I'm saying. If you can't pray in private, don't expect a miracle in public. Hey, if you can't worship in private, don't try to worship in public. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. If you can't connect with God in private, don't call his name on the interstate when you really need him. Oh, I believe here tonight that somebody's got to say, use me, God, and what is in my hand. God, if you tell me to cast it down, I'm going to cast it down. So Moses just obeyed God. He did exactly what God told him to do. But amazingly, this rod that Moses had in his hand, Moses had comfort in that rod. It was a shepherd's rod. It was the same thing that he used to lead sheep in the wilderness. Moses thinks, if I'm going to lead Israel through the wilderness, I, I think I could do that with this rod, right? But God said, take it and cast it down. And the moment that he did, God took, you got to hear me, God took what Moses looked at as comfortable and turned it into something he was afraid of. He took what he leaned on and turned it into something he would run from. He had a stick and he cast it down. And it turned into a serpent. The Bible says that Moses did what everybody here probably would do in that situation. He ran from it. Now I'd love to illustrate what that looked like, but I'm not a runner. Running is for running is just a waste of time unless you're being chased by a serpent. And then this fat boy is going to beat everybody outside. It's not about trusting in the rod. It's about trusting in God. Come on, church. It's not about trusting in what your talents are or what you think they are because God did not make you more special than everybody else. What he did was give you an ability to trust him with your talent. God, you gave me a rod and I'm going to prove to you that I trust in your power. God takes what Moses was familiar with and turns it into something he was afraid of. And then he does the unthinkable. He asks Moses to reach down and pick it up. Now, 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 wait a minute. Hold the phone. 
Hold the phone. Moses, I want you to reach down and grab that snake from behind the head. Listen to me. I don't like handling snakes. But I know this, that if you're going to grab a snake, the tail is the worst place to grab it by. If you grab it behind the head, then you can pinch those jaws and prevent it from biting you. But yet God is telling Moses, grab it by the tail. Moses, you ran from it. But I'm asking you to grab it by the tail. Because when you grab it by the tail, listen to me, church, it's showing that it's not your power, it's not your talent, it's not your ability, but it's the power of God operating in your life. I believe there's some folks here tonight that God has asked you to grab your situation by the tail. Take what you're afraid of and grab it by the tail because God has given you power over it. Come on, there's some folks here tonight. There's some things that you have anxiety about, things you have fear over, and I've come to tell you that God is asking you to grab it by the tail. Listen, for me, it was my ministry. When God called me to preach, I was 16 years of age. And at 16 years of age, I was terrified, Brother Reading, of preaching. I thought, who in the world is going to listen to me my first, my first message, my notes were on a three-by-five card. Anybody remember what those are? No, now we have 16-by-nine iPads and stuff. I preached from a three-by-five card. I preached 15 minutes of what was probably the most horrible message I've ever preached in my life. My mom said, my own mother said, you would have done better if you would have stopped trying to sound like Lee Stone King. Because see, back in that day, whatever. And so for me, I was afraid. I ran from my calling. Like Moses ran from that snake for about six months. I said, God, nobody's going to believe me. My mom's an apostolic and my dad's an alcoholic. And this doesn't work for me. This doesn't fit for me. But God said, hey, boy, what is in your hand? He said, I know you don't think you're stocked and loaded. And I know you don't think you're like everybody else. But I see something in you. God said, if I didn't want you, Baba, I wouldn't have chose you. I've come to preach to some young people and some adults here tonight. If God did not want you, he would not have chosen you. I wish somebody would help me right now. Come on, somebody. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. God's wanting you to grab it by the tail. Hey. No matter what it is, you can trust God with it. No matter what you're wrestling with, you can trust God with it. I know God has called you to a place that you're nervous about, a place that you're afraid of. I want to speak to somebody in the Holy Ghost right now. You're afraid of it. You're terrified of it. In fact, you're afraid you're going to make the wrong decision. But I've come to tell you right now, if you will trust in God and cast it down, get it out of your hand and put it in His. Get your situation. 
what you're afraid of. I feel like I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. You listen to me. Get it out of your hand and cast it down and put it into his. And as soon as you do that, that's the big, listen, the most afraid I ever got in my life is when I stepped out in faith regarding my ministry. God asked us to evangelize. I said, wait a minute. I don't want to evangelize. How in the world am I going to make it? How are we going to survive? You don't know how much you're going to get from week to week. You don't know if you can pay your bills. The greatest fear I had in my life is living by faith concerning my finances. But I can tell you now that after pastoring for 19 years and having evangelized for four, I'm telling you right now that when it comes to my finances, that is the one thing I don't worry about. You know why? Because I took it out of my hand and I put it in here. Somebody right now in the Holy Ghost, you need a financial miracle. You need to cast it down right now. Get it out of your hand. Get it out of your hand. Get it out of your hand. Somebody come up to the front right now. Somebody that needs a financial miracle. I need you to come up to this front right now. Come on, I'm going to obey the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, I'm going to obey the Holy Ghost. God is asking you to come up to this front and cast it down. I want you to cast it down. Get it out of your hand. 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 Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. I want you to lift your hands and I want you to give it to Jesus right now. Turn it over to God right now. God, I know it's scary. I'm afraid of it, but I'm putting it in your hands tonight. I want the church praying front to back, side to side. I want you praying right now. Come on, God's doing it right now. I'm going to tell you something. As we're all praying right now, I want to tell you something in the Holy Ghost. The door's going to break open for this church and for the people in this church when you finally learn how to trust God with what you are most afraid of. We say, I know, we say, God, as long as I can touch it, as long as I've got my hand on it, then I know what's going on. But there's a difference when you turn it over to God and you say, I, 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 this is the, the scariest part I've ever been in in my life. And that's why God had to turn Moses' rod into a snake. He, he, he said, you need to learn how to trust me with that serpent as you trusted me with that rod. It's not about you grabbing a hold of something you think you can handle. It's about getting your hands on something that you know you can't handle. And there's people right here, you're struggling in your marriage. There's things happening in your marriage, and they are beyond your control. They are out of your hands. The relationship is horrible. You don't want anybody to know, but I have come to speak to you in the Holy Ghost tonight that if you will cast that rod down, and if you'll turn it over to God, Come on, I want us praying right now. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, you think it's just a stick, but it's something entirely different. There's a miracle on the other side of it. 
Come on, pray, 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 pray. Come on, I'm going to grab it by faith. Come on, God is calling you. God is calling you to get your hands on what you are running from. I'm going to ask everybody to come up from their place and just come up front. Come on, this is all God right here. This is all God. I've got other stuff to say, but God is, God is directing me right now. Fear and anxiety is trying to destroy the church. There's people that can't get breakthroughs in their lives because they are anxious and they are fearful. We are fearful about the future. We build a new building, we're fearful about the future. We, we, we get new families and we're fearful about the future. And it's because we have learned, we have become comfortable, and we have learned how to live on what we can control. But I know what's going to happen in this service tonight. In this service tonight, before you leave here, some of you are going to learn how to worship God out of control. No, six of you heard me. Seven of you heard me. I said, you're going to learn how to worship God and live for God out of control. I don't care who sees me. I don't care what you think. I don't care what she thinks. I don't care what he... You know what's about to happen? What's about to happen is somebody's going to get filled with the Holy Ghost tonight. That's what's about to happen. Because when you get the Holy Ghost, it ain't about you. It's all about Him. And you learn how to lose control. If you want a healing, you need to lose control. If you need a miracle, you need to lose control. I wish somebody would just lose control right now. Come on, somebody. Praise Him. In the name of Jesus, oh God, we pray that you would help us tonight to lose control. To lose control. Come on, I want you to turn it over to him. Turn it over to him. Turn it over to him. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't look around. Don't spectate. Come on, don't spectate. If you want revival, learn how to lose control. If you want a miracle, learn how to lose control. Come on, I got some young people need to lose control right now. There's some young people, lift your hands and just lose control. Come on. Come on, come on, I can only push you so far, but at some point, you got to cast the rod down. At some point, you got to turn it over to God. I want you to grab a neighbor by the hand. Grab a neighbor by the hand right now, and I want us to pray together by the power and the authority of Jesus. Oh God, help us to take what we are comfortable with and toss it down to the ground and cast it out to you and turn it over. And Jesus, help us to reach down and pick up the miracle that you have provided. Come on, come on. God does not want to give you a private miracle. He wants to give you a public miracle. Come on, who's a believer? 
Who's a believer? Who's a believer? In the name of Jesus. God, I turn it over to you. Come on, pray, 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 pray. Don't wait for somebody to lay hands on you. Don't wait for somebody to lay hands on you. Just offer it up to God. Jesus, I turn it over right now. It's happening right now. Some of you need to do it. You need to turn it over. Turn it over. Come on, I want you to say it. God, I give you my finances. God, I turn it over to you. I need a financial miracle. I need a blessing. Somebody is worried right now that they're going to lose their job. But I'm telling you, if you'll lift your hands right now and you'll give that fear over to Jesus, you're not only going to keep your job, but you're going to get a raise on your job. Come on, somebody! Okay. I want to tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Every married couple, find your spouse right now. Every married couple, get a hold of your spouse right now. Come on, get a hold of them quickly, quickly, quickly. Find them. If they're not here, don't find another one. Just keep them in your mind. Keep them in your mind. Find your spouse. We're going to pray right now in the name of Jesus that God puts a hedge of protection up around. Let me tell you something. The enemy would love to disrupt the marriages of this church. I don't know why I'm on this. I don't have any idea. I don't know why that I'm right here, but God won't let me get away from this. There is an, there is an outside influence that tries to sneak into the church, and it does it by going through the marriages. Because when the marriages are off and the families are off, then the church is off. But it's high time that we start staking our claim with our marriages and say, devil, you're not going to touch my marriage. Do I have anybody that believes what I'm saying right now? That you will fight hell to keep the devil away from your marriage. I want you to lift your hands right now. And I want you to begin to pray with a voice of victory. And I want you to pray right now. God bless my marriage. I know that everybody thinks it's all right. I know everybody thinks there's not a problem. But God. God, I turn it over to you right now. Come on, Shakata, come on, folks. Come on, pray with me right now. Shakoto Yaramaha. I pray for the marriages of this church. I pray for the families of this church. I pray for the relationships in this church. God, I take what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid of what might happen if. I'm afraid of what might happen if. But God, I'm going to cast it down to you and let you handle it right now. Who needs the Holy Ghost here tonight?
Anybody need the Holy Ghost tonight? Raise your hand if you need to be. If you need the Holy Ghost, you've never spoken in tongues. Anybody here? Nobody here that needs the Holy Ghost. Anybody here want a refill of the Holy Ghost? Everybody? Listen to me. God is in this place right now. All we need to do is ask. Stop being afraid and start asking. Start asking what you need from God. God, this is what I need in my life. This is what I need. You need a raise? Pray for the raise. You need God to settle some disputes between you and a brother or sister? You need to do that in Jesus' name. God, I want you to do that. I want you to lift your hands and I want you to pray right now. One more time. Let's just pray. Come on, God. I want you to touch it. I want you to minister to it, whatever it is, right now in Jesus' name. Come on, lift your hands and pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, turn it over to him. God, I give it to you right now in the name of Jesus we come against every spirit that would try to come against this church we pray against every foul spirit that would try to destroy a work of God in this city I pray right now that you would empower your people that you would show them God what is in their hand I pray that they turn it over to you in the name of Jesus come on church pray somebody shout to God with a voice of triumph somebody shout Hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands and just praise him, will you? Lift your hands and praise him, God. Jesus. God has brought this conference to this place right here. God has brought this conference to this moment. Come on, praise him. Somebody speak in tongues. Somebody worship him. There's angels in this sanctuary right now. We have angelic visitation in this house. My God, come on, somebody entertain the spirit of the Lord right now. I want you to pray right now for some of your neighbors. I want you to pray for somebody. Turn and lay hands on them. Turn and lay hands on them. Whatever God is leading you to do, I want you to do it right now. Come on, there's angels in this place right now. Pray, 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 pray. Pray, 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 pray. pray. Come on, there's four angels in this building. Every corner of this building right now. God is walking to and fro in this sanctuary. Come on, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? What's in your hand? What's in your hand? Oh! I feel a spirit of refreshing. There's a spirit of refreshing. Some of you are tired. You're tired. You're tired of being afraid. You're tired of struggling. God wants to heal that struggle. In the name of Jesus. Hey! Come on, saints, minister to one another. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, minister to one another. Faith is building in the house. Come on, don't get in a hurry. Faith is building in the house. Pray for each other. Pray for each other. 
I know you're tired. I know it's been a long week. I know your flesh says it's time to go home. It's time to quit. But the Holy Ghost is here to do a work. What is in your head? What is in your head? Hey, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, come on, pray. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. You think you can't do it. You think you're not good enough. But God knows what's in your hand. I said, God knows what's in your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. I want us to do something real quick. If you're praying, keep praying. If you're praying, keep praying. Pastor and Sister Jordan, I love this couple. Wonderful pastor, wonderful pastor's wife, family. But God has asked me, or told me rather, to ask you as a church body to pray for them in Jesus' name. To pray that God would give them a spirit of refreshing. That God would give them a spirit of strength. And I pray against the spirit of of anxiety. Let me tell you, I'm a pastor, and I know how that feels. But we're going to pray against the spirit of anxiety right now. And I'll tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Where's Brother Reading? Brother Reading, Brother Chandler, y'all come over here. Come over here and pray if you would. Help me pray. We're going to lay hands on Brother Sister Jordan. We're going to pray for this pastor and his wife. But I want you to hear the words of this preacher right now. You need to hear Brother Maroney right now. If you ever wonder in your darkest hour who's got your back, I'm going to tell you who's got your back. This family right here has got your back. And when you're afraid and when you're worried about what's going to happen, God is going to ask you what is in your hand. And I want you to think about Pastor and Sister Jordan because they're praying for you. That's what's in your hand. God is saying, I have, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I have given you a pastor that loves your soul. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on. I have given you leadership that doesn't want to see you go to hell, that wants to see your whole family saved. I want you, brethren, to lay hands on them right now. Sister Roni, come pray for Sister Jordan. I want us all right now, stretch your hands out. And I want us to pray for Pastor and Sister Jordan. Come on. Lift your voice right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. 
by the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost. I pray against every ounce of darkness, every ounce of anxiety or fear that would come against this first family. I pray right now, for healing in the name of Jesus. God, I know that you've got them in the palm of your hand. And I pray right now for a move of the Holy Ghost to happen in this city. We're not going to worry about finances. We're not going to worry about growth. We're not going to worry about health of our church because it is in the palm of your hand. God, what I'm afraid of, I'm going to cast it down and give it to you right now. My God, somebody help me pray. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Hey, I need somebody to rejoice. Give me about a half a dozen apostolic people that will shout and dance and rejoice. Somebody shout unto God. I pray for a renewed sense of vision. I pray for a dynamic sense of vision. There are no limits. There are no boundaries. God, you are in control. You have it all in the palm of your hand. Come on, somebody. Lift your hands all over this house. Lift your hands all over this house. Give God glory and honor and praise. Glory and honor and praise.